Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Baxter's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Man like Mo. Full Furnace, we back. Full Furnace back for the first time in like a month. We back. Because obviously you tried That's to be facts, a pagan actually. With the <laughs> fire's burning. Fire's burning hot. Fire's burning hot. Hey, come on. I couldn't think of another word. I said the hot. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. So Moses, I think you're in the hot seat this week. I am in a hot seat still. All right, Peter, do you want to go first? I don't have a question. Okay, I'll go first. So I don't know if you saw, but like a few weeks ago, Rafael Dollar came out and said that he mm. knows that. His prosperity gospel preachings were wrong. No, he didn't say all that. He didn't say all that. He renounced his tithing preaching. That's all. Is he that not the same thing? Tithing. Well, no. Wait, is, is that where he start, He auctions out tithes and blessings and stuff? I don't know whether specifically. He just said to ignore everything he's ever taught about tithing. And it sounded more along the lines of you shouldn't be holding people to an Old Testament thing. He didn't say don't give. He didn't say all of that. Uh, he just said, tithing, he's sort of taken back. Okay. okay. Well, based on what information Peter's giving me, let me take my question a bit. <laughs> Moses, um, what is the New Testament um, version of tithing? And if someone was having struggles with how much to pay when it comes to tithing, and if they should pay at all, what would your advice be? Hey, do you know what? Like The interesting thing about the New Testament perspective on tithing is sell your land and give the give the proceedings to the church but it's not it's not that stringent it's not that strict but we see that motivated by love they were more willing to sell everything that they had and to live in common with the with the believers around them and i think the it's it's similar to um old testament in that we are to to live as a community and actually take care of each other um and it's tied in the charge to love others as you love yourself but i think it it does boil down to um god desires a cheerful giver i believe um paul says that when he was speaking to the corinthians about their donation to the jews in jerusalem when he was like put aside whatever you can do um on a month and i think that's that's the main difference or the main distinguish distinguishment where it's in the old testament it was given the tithe was given to the upkeep of the temple um on a regular basis whilst in the new testament is more so for um mutual flourishing where it's like your giving then allows another person who is in need to be able to flourish as well um and paul was referencing um the old testament where it says those who had uh, much did not have too much and those who didn't have as uh, didn't have as much didn't go without or didn't have need um and so one person's excess um supplies other person's lack and i think that's where it comes in and so there isn't a stringent rule as to like you need to give x amount but almost as the Old Testament says, as as you're as you are led, as you as you are led by God to be able to give. So if it's ten percent, give that. If it isn't, give that. Now, in in relations to the church building itself, my challenge is always um, 
if you go to church or if you are quite like being fed by a particular ministry, then it's only right for you to invest back into it. If you go to a physical building as a church, fam, you turn the lights on, who's meant to pay for that? You sit down on chairs, who's meant to buy that? When you go to the toilet, I'm hoping you flush and wash your hands and like use soap. Who's meant to pay for those stuff? It's the contributions that every single person is putting forward that is actually going towards the upkeep of this house. Um, and not just that, but the, the work that the church seeks to do in terms of outreach, supporting the community and stuff, is it's the money that you guys are pouring in that goes into that. And so, yeah, I, it's the challenge now isn't, I don't believe that you can look anywhere in the New Testament and come out with a, with a specific number. Um, but the challenge is to give um, cheerfully to give lovingly and also to give within your means um as the widow who kind of gave the two copper coins jesus was like she has given more than anybody else and so yeah for me that that would almost be that the distinct so it will be a case of it'll be on a case-by-case -case basis which the tithe is is 10 percent of whatever you earn rather than in comparison to somebody else um so in that in that regard it's quite similar but there isn't a, you need to give 10% or 20%. Um, I would challenge to say she gives sacrificially. Um, so not just comfortably, but sacrificially, um, which means give something that you you might feel a slight pinch, pinch to, um, because whatever you invest your money in, for the most part, reveals where your heart is. Um, so yeah that 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 would be what i said i know i said a lot that may not like particularly answer the question but it gives you things to think about and pray through in order to come out with a with an answer for yourself that makes sense yeah i, I think that answers it anything you want to add or chip in with peter not necessarily i think i think it's it covers everything because as you said tithing was set up as a, as a means to sort of finance uh the, the institution uh, mm. and keep the temple going and it makes sense you know it's 10 percent, and out of his kindness god promises to then bless you on top of mm -hmm. it in the new testament i don't think it's necessarily removed or or made redundant but as you again rightly said they had a, a whole different thing where it was well it's not just given the time because sorry in the new testament the pharisees were given the tithe, and christ said it's good you do those things yeah. But you shouldn't do those things at the expense of these other yeah. things. Um, and so there's, I don't think it's completely sort of eradicated in the New Testament. Mm. But as you said, 10% versus these guys are selling everything and giving to the benefit of all. You can see which one is given more and yeah. which one I think God looks upon maybe more favorably. Um so, yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's definitely one of the places that really challenges me, like, on a personal level. Just the idea of, like, they were selling houses and, and we just bought a house. So like, am I selling this to give to anyone? No. Um, <laughs> I'm praying that, you know, we've, we've had opportunity to sort of bless people um, with the extra space that that we've got, but 
nowhere near the level that they were doing back in mm. you know Paul's day and, and it challenges me, it really does. And I'm like, well, Peter, maybe, to be fair, in five, mm. ten years you'll be selling the house. So we I don't intend to sell it in five, ten years. Nah, yeah, the, the space that they've got now, I think still time at home. You're not gonna good. You're not gonna sell an upgrade? I don't think it needs to. Yeah, nah. We might we might we might do more work to that. Yeah, I was about to say the only upgrade well, may be like the internal stuff that they've got yeah, going on in the yeah, house, but I don't think they need to switch up the house. Mm. I think they're good with that house. I'm not I'm I'm saying that because I'm not no. trying to get into the details of that. <laughs> like, yeah. Me personally, I think they're good. Even if they expand the family, I think they're still good. Yeah, yeah. So this is supposed to be a forever thing. Yeah. If anything, it might just be. I don't know. I still even don't think so. Because uh, it was initially like, oh, maybe switch up location, but it won't be selling this place to get a different one. It would be if you hold on to this place and get another place. Yeah. Come on. And sort of rent out and sort of do stuff like that. But the, the only yeah. thing that I can particularly see, and this would be like way down the line when the, when the kids have like flown the nest and then downsizing. Downsizing. Yeah. That's um, what our friends are doing, actually. Yeah, downsizing. Yeah, but so that, that's what I can envision. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a it's a good point. As I said it challenges, and I wonder sometimes are we not seeing the miracles and and the, the things that they saw because we're not yeah. living like they lived. Yeah, and it's one thing that I also wanted to add is um, tithing doesn't have to be exclusively financial. Mm. Um, they in the Old Testament they tithed of produce. They tithed. They didn't just tithe. So which were of, the equivalent of which was the equivalent of? But of, I completely get you. But it's like yeah. they, they there was like there was a monetary um, value associated with everything that they gave. Mm. But in the New Testament, in in recognize well not in the New Testament, but now in recognizing recognizing your skill set as being something that has a monetary value onto it. So if you're like on a sound desk and stuff like that, all of these things that you're doing as part of your service to the church is also offering the first fruits of your gifts back to the church. Mm. It doesn't negate financial giving, Mm. but we shouldn't just see financial only way that we get to serve and almost like quote unquote tithe. But our time and our efforts and our, our talents can be reinvested back into the church. Um, like it's not just exclusively reserved for for the Levites anymore. Anyone can kind of serve. Um, so yeah, that that's a, that's an extra oh, step. Please. Yeah. So if you feel like financially what you're given isn't enough, but you can't afford more, then it's like what what practicalities can you offer? Are you good at administration? What gifts do you have to serve the church? Nice. That that also goes a long way. Cool, cool. Robert, you happy? Yeah. You don't look it, but okay. Um, let I'm me. At you, that's why. Mad. Understandably, it's hard to look at things that you can't reach. Oh, um, mad. Because <laughs> you're in the pits of hell. <laughs> um. So, Robert, your question actually reminds me of something I've been thinking about. So I saw a clip of the Cosby show recently. Mm. I couldn't fault the clip. The clip was, and you know, the Cosby show was, it was good. It was, Mm. it it was good. You know, it represented something really good. It sent a really good message. But then 
there is the reality of the man. Yeah. And that got me thinking about someone like a Ravi Zacharias. Yes. And the fact that a lot of his doctrine wasn't particularly, I won't say particularly wrong, it wasn't wrong. His doctrine and things that he was presenting, uh, his apologetics, pretty on point. Yeah. But then, you know, we hear of what the man was doing. Yeah. On the alleged, you know, things of what the guy was doing. So my question to you is, are you or do you think we should be able to sort of divorce the man from the things that he produced when the things that he produced are good, mm. but he himself maybe not so much? Yeah. This, Especially this in the context of these sort of sexual sins and yeah. manipulations and fairly, very evil things. Do you know what? It's, it's a really difficult question. <clears throat> and one that I, that I have wrestled with, so as part of my discernment journey to see if I wanted to um, to see if God was calling me to be an ordained priest, I wrestled with this question um, with the other people there and the lecturers who are theologians in their own right. And it's interesting, there's a, there's a theologian called Karl Barth who is very prominent within the circles that I was in. And he wrote, apparently over like 500 5 million words of theology um and he's 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 long gone but as he was writing theology he had a side chick he was married and had a side chick as he was writing theology (laughs) and so this guy is talking about like god attributes all of them things there tutus he's sleeping there with he's having extramarital affairs but also there's another theologian, Jonathan Edwards. You might you might be familiar with him. Um, I've, heard, I've heard it before. Yeah. So he he was a I think he was a Puritan. He was a New England um mm. pastor and he was very heavy on on like just purity and all of them things there. But then find find out that he had slaves. Mm. Yeah. And Regardless of how he treated them, the sheer fact that he owned people um, is problematic. And obviously we've got um, the guy who sang, who made Amazing Grace. Like, um, one of the most, like, not influential, but is one of of the OG Christian, Christian songs. Top 10 selected. Yeah. Like he used, he used to be a slave catcher, <laughs> bro. Like he even used to be a slave catcher. Yeah, yeah, I think he was a slave catcher, and then he he um came to faith on a slave ship, bro. Come on, and that's where he wrote "Amazing Grace." <laughs> um, and so it's just like, and I, so I uh, I'm saying already said like, there's different instances where these things have happened. And I think, I think that wisdom makes us not divorce the person from their doctrine. In that, even in looking at anybody who has really sound theology, to never forget that they are not above grace. 
they're not they're not flawless they are still broken fallen people and regardless of how much we learn from them they are not god they are still broken and fallen men just as us and women um and in that way i i believe that it 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 serves as like a hindrance to idolatry it it should do but it doesn't um it should serve as a hindrance to idolatry um placing people on pedestals um placing people on pedestals and stuff like that um yeah placing people on pedestals because it it's for me to divorce them and when i say divorce them i don't mean um i am going to rubbish your theology because you made a mistake yeah. i don't i don't think that there's wisdom in that i think we need to recognize the good where there is good but at the same time recognize the bad where there is bad yeah. the gospel doesn't necessarily present a gloss as in everything is going to be good but by virtue even as you we were saying in one of the previous episodes in that um when you when you when your eyes are awoken to the light you can either talk about the light or what the light allows you to see mm. and the more you know of god or the more you interact with god the more evil looks evil mm. and the more good looks good um and so recognizing that yo yeah this man's a pagan car you're talking about grace you're talking about god being our father you're talking about there's now no there's neither jew nor gentile blah 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 yet we're all free but these times you own people mm-hmm. um you're talking about yeah so like diff- different things within this category even ravi zacharias and stuff um yeah it's it's it's, it's a shame and it's hurtful but it's a reminder that if you think you stand take heed lest you fall mm. so would, would you still mm. quote Rabbi Zachariah would you still I would. use this stuff if, mm. the, if there's truth in it I would say it mm. I would quote him and if you want to dismiss the good that he has done because of his imperfect life then I guess you've rubbished every single preacher mm. you've rubbished everyone in the faith then mm everyone in the bible that's been written about other than jesus so basically you've limited your whole life to just the four books mm. and revelation yeah and revelation <laughs> so five yeah. you know as you were speaking i was just thinking that if people wanted to cancel the person mm. there'll be no psalms there will be no psalms they would have fallen into me too as well they would have definitely fallen into the me too movement because they, David is is essentially like his psalms were him lamenting over stuff that he had done wrong, yeah, blah yeah. blah blah. Um, so yeah, I I would say yeah. So that that would mm-hmm. be my thing. Where it's like, let's let's use their flaws as a balance check to make sure that we're not idolizing this person, but we're using this person as a pointer. Mm. Um, towards something greater, something better. Um, yeah, I'm gonna do something that. Uh, sorry, are you happy with that? Too, no, that helps me. That that actually helps me. Yeah, I don't know if Robert wanted to add anything. I'm not adding my part. 
Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I wanted to do something that isn't normally done, and even though I'm in a hot seat, I've got this question that I want both of you to. to I want to hear both of your thoughts. Um, I'm mindful of time, but it is what it it's is. okay. Um, okay, let's stop. Watch this time. We're only 16 minutes in. Oh, sweet. So, I I was watching. James was watching a documentary, and I think Roberts watched this documentary about this guy who was talking about he's a prophet and um he's allowed to marry however many wives he want and he were, was marrying girls like young and like stuff like that and just see i think he had like 68 wives yeah and the, and, and the more wives you have the higher your place in heaven you, you know like reach. that because obviously when you're trying when you're trying to mimic solomon fine. trying to get to them levels and it's it's not so much that story but i was watching it and then he passed away but in their cult the prophet is not meant to pass away so it rocked everyone's faith and so his son stepped into the fray and was like oh no he he didn't pass away he lives in he me he lives in me he lives in me <laughs> and then he and then he started to like organize um child marriages and stuff and so, yeah, we had like 14 year olds being forced to have sex with like fully grown men and stuff like that. Um, and my, my question, my specific question is um, we have. We have so many different factions, so many different cults, so many different um, views and take takes on Christianity. Um or was this cult meant to be like a yeah, it was meant to be a Christian thing. Christian yeah, 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 it was a Christian oh. thing. He okay. was building he was building Zion, apparently. Cool. Um and even stuff like KKK calling yeah. themselves Christians and stuff yeah. like that. Um we've got flat earthers calling themselves Christians, it's wild. Um but with so many factions, and not even on the extreme in terms of cults, but so many different denominations with beefs in between denominations and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you navigate a conversation around someone rubbishing the entire faith because of how fractured and how manipulated people have been by virtue of its message? Mm. It's a bit of a heavy one. It is. I think I would start by saying, you know, mm. that even though we are Christians, we are not good. And even though we're trying to follow God, we are not good. Mm. And we are just as human as this person asking the question. Mm. And like, even though a lot of Christians try and reach this higher thing we're always going to fall short um not not to justify the manners people do mm. but it's to say that we are no better just because we believe in god um we still have our vices we still get things wrong we still get our, our theology wrong even at the best of times you know yeah even when every, people are working on the straight and narrow there are certain questions where it'll just blow up the whole conversation yeah and, and is is I, I hear that, and I feel that opens a kind of world of the, why why should I even get into this? Because it's not because you're not becoming a Christian to be part of church. You're becoming a Christian 
to to know who God is and because of what God has done. But by virtue of becoming a Christian, you can't deny the body. You're being like you're being drawn into the body as you come into faith, and it, it's almost like, um, how do I even know that this brand of Christianity that I've just bought into isn't part of next man's cult? Yeah, I I think I think the way I'd sort of look at it is, at some point, all sort of societies, civilizations decided, you know what, we're not going to barter bread and uh, goats and stuff for things. We're going to represent those things with paper, mm. and we're going to say we all are going to do this, and we are going to use paper. And every country came up with their own thing. Everyone mm. came up with their own thing. But the underlying system of it's not feasible anymore once we moved into, I don't know when money was created, but at some point it wasn't feasible to just be bartering stuff. Mm. We needed that. We needed something to represent the stuff. Everyone, everyone jumped on that in different ways because the underlying principle was true and the underlying principle made sense. Um, we're kind of seeing the same thing with crypto. Everyone's understanding we want decentralized banking. So everyone's trying to do it a bit differently, but there's an understanding that we need something decentralized and that underlying truth is true and everyone's doing this differently. I think the fact that there are so many variations of Christianity to me speaks to a similar thing. Of all religions, Christianity is the only one, at least, I think it's the only one that sort of suggests that you can't do it on your own. Mm. Therefore, here is a way that I have made for you and guaranteed. And all you have to do is accept it. It's not about you anymore. It's about God making a way for you. It's the only one in which your flaws are actually prerequisites. Um, Everything else sort of requires you to do something and depends on, the benevolence, the entire benevolence of whatever the God is um, or whoever is judging or, or whatever. Mm. And it depends on you. And it's cool if you are good, most people aren't. Christianity then says, look, God made this contract with Christ. And so that's solid. And all that you have to do is accept. And it's not about you anymore. You can have complete and, and utter faith and 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 uh, belief in oh no, God's not going to be upset with me because now he doesn't even see me, he sees Christ. Mm. It's unique in its presentation of that. And so if that underlying truth is true and it no longer is about me, then it makes sense that Christianity would be the one that most people or most societies would would, would tend toward because actually this, this deals with my issue. In Islam, I need to be good. In Hinduism, I need to be good. In Satanism, I need to be bad. <laughs> we're, we're, we're so bad. We're so bad at being just the one thing. And so it's it, you're ending up with a, a thing where you're depending on someone else to judge whether or not you're good or bad. And it's all for all others, I think, a bit up in the air, except for Christianity, Ooh. where there is this solid truth in the core, in the core belief. Yeah. And so I'm not surprised then that there are different things. And so when you, if if you're considering joining, you have to really uh, understand that for the most part, 
denominations wise at least the differences don't really make up for real differences the differences become we differ on this verse or that verse or these few things or that mm. few things amongst the real i'll say real because again who knows what's real who defines what's real well the bible defines what's real um so uh, amongst sort of the core scripture believing christians and the bible says you should believe scripture not someone's interpretation of it you will find that our differences end up being not real differences we all believe in christ we all believe in his finished work and that's really is the basis of everything. That's the mm. solid ground that everyone can stand up. Everything else amongst those sorts of real good denominations becomes a matter of interpretation and things that don't amount to real differences mm. in, in, in any significant sense. So but there... I um, would counteract that just mm. quickly, Peter, by saying that we live in a world where things that shouldn't be insignificant become very significant mm. <laughs> and uh, things that shouldn't matter tend to tend to become a, a matter very much even within christianity yeah. absolutely but that doesn't make it a matter even though it has become a matter and we sort of like, we 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 treat it as a matter it, in the grand scheme of things isn't if the core and I, i'm trying to reduce it down to this love god love your neighbor thing that but no no not love god love your neighbor i'm trying to reduce it down to christ being our savior sort of thing mm. if that's the core then all the other things that you are completely right become a big deal yeah actually aren't a big deal like in objectively they're not in god's eyes they're not a big deal yeah. we squabble over it he doesn't if that makes sense so for the vast majority oh, i can't say vast majority because i don't know all of them mm. but at least for the main sort of denominations that are scripture believing you can have that faith that the core actually isn't that different amongst all of that. It's the fringes, it's the KKKs, and those become a lot more obvious. It's the Jehovah um, Witnesses, the Seven Day Adventists, the Mormons. Okay, and, uh, good question. Mm. If you had to list <laughs> the quote unquote real <laughs> denominations, which ones would you put in that category? It's funny because immediately I was going to say, oh, Anglican and uh, Methodist. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't make an exhaustive list. Yeah. I don't even know all of the denominations, to be fair. Yeah, um, I don't even know if I'd add Catholic into it. Yeah. So, so my, 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 my core thing would come down to the, the safety as well is the fact that the Bible presents that everyone should be able to read the Bible and sort of understand it and sort of determine for themselves the truth because the truth is there. And so wherever you go, my only thing would be if the Bible is elevated to what it's supposed to be, then you're cool. Whether we disagree on all these other things ends up not being as important. So, the Bible so is important. What, what about the denominations that say the Bible has been tainted and so don't don't read that one. Come read the Watchtower thing. Yeah. And that's what that's them deviating from what the Bible says. And so this is where maybe um I would be a heretic to a Jehovah Witness because mm. I'm like, well, no, I think that the um Dead Sea Scrolls and the the the, the scriptures that those things like line up with. I think those, the ones that the early church used, the ones that we know the early church used, mm. um, the ones that we can historically provide, uh, prove the early church used, the ones that are also historical documents that detail things that have happened, that 
archaeological finds are showing are true. I think those are the ones that we should believe, not the ones that your alien is bringing. But and with these documents, kind of worms, I love <laughs> with these documents that can be proved, is it that we should go and find the proof ourselves, or we should just believe that if someone says it's been proved, it should it's been proved? No, I think I think diligent study is 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 something we all should do. Um, not all of us are called to to you know really go into the weeds, um, but the information is there, you know, and if it's there, why not? Why not check? Why not see for yourself? I think we're all called to be diligent students. I think we're all called to be diligent students. Mm. I think we're lucky that it's a lot easier now to access Facts. all of those things. Facts. Um, but uh, yeah, we're all called to be diligent students, mm. and you know, you might not have to go and. Uh, look at the original text yourself, but there's books on it. There's stuff on yeah. it. There's sufficient sort of steady and scholarly uh, writings on it that it's not that hard to verify. Mm-hmm. I, I would I will add that diligent study, and I think you you said this anyways, but I almost want to make it explicit. D- diligent study does not look the same for everyone. Mm. And so for one person, it may be a th- theological pursuit. For another person, it may just be waking up in the morning and doing a, doing a devotional. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's your diligent study. Um, um, and it's, yeah, it's it's not rubbishing one and elevating oh, yeah. another, but no, just no. recognizing where God has put you and what he's put on your heart and just being faithful to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I would add as well, I don't think like wholeheartedly and this this digs into like um calvinism and stuff but i don't think salvation is an intellectual um endeavor or it's an intellectual thing yeah um we don't approach salvation from the perspective of okay i i have made Mm. um or i have concluded that jesus we don't do that um i believe that it's 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 a newness of life, as Jesus says, it's being born again, not of the will of man, but of the will of God. Mm. And it's like, you are not God, so you can't choose to be born again. Mm. It's something that God does in your heart. It's like in our hearts, we believe and with our mouths, we confess. And so that belief happens supernaturally. And then we confess and we may not have the intellectual um fortitude or words or whatever to be able to confess that but that conviction is there that jesus is real um and so if we if we are approaching christianity from an intellectual perspective then yes um there is room for this disagreements and blah 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 mm. but even in first galatians where it's like the gospel that i preached didn't come wasn't taught to me by men like it, it, it was by the revelation of Jesus, and that is salvation—the revelation of who Jesus is and what we have in Him. Um, and so, I would almost argue that that is the first point of salvation of of conversion, where it's like you get that revelation of who Jesus is. Um, but the problem then comes from how that is then walked out. Mm. In that the places you're getting your teachings from the, the doctrines and stuff that you're taking in, how people askew different uh, verses and phrases and stuff like that to introduce different things into it. And so first and foremost, if, if a place or a, a church or denomination 
doesn't facilitate the revelation of Jesus, it's a cult. I'll say that point blank. <laughs> it's a cult. Yeah. Um, if they're just presenting their thoughts, their stuff, it's a cult. Yeah. Um, they need to facilitate the revelation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a real issue in how you walk it out afterwards um, in trying to find like stable, firm ground to be able to work, walk on. Um, and unfortunately, I think what Robert said like really hits home in that things that shouldn't be issues have become major issues, mm-hmm. even in terms of like sexuality and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible isn't just focused on sex. It isn't just like there's so much more to life than just your sexual orientation. Yeah. Um, but that has become such a hot topic that is like, you can't really share the gospel message nowadays without that. And that that hot topic, which may be a very current and recent hot topic, has become a real barrier for people even engaging with the gospel to be able to hear it and receive Christ in the first place, even though it isn't, like it doesn't stop God from doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that there are, things that we may view as trivial or we may view as ultimately this isn't important because when we get to heaven we're not really going to have sex not we're not going to have sex Um, it's not going to be a case of well yeah i'm still going to have no it's not it's not that um but as you also said peter it's like on earth these things have have amassed a weight that this weight now hinders people from actually stepping into this conversation and, mm-hmm. and engaging with this. And so, yeah, for me, this is a genuine question that I'm wrestling with because I'm just like, how can I be so passionate and fight for something that I'm looking around and I'm seeing like so many people just rubbishing and twisting for their own personal gain. And I'm just like, yo, like, and I'm even as I'm saying, and I'm reminded of the parable of the wheat and tares, mm-hmm. where the the master sends his servants out to sow um, wheat, and the enemy comes in and sows the the weeds and stuff. And the servants are like, "Yo, should we pull out the weeds?" And the master's like, "No, leave it for now. In the final days, it'll get... but I'm just like, I'm I'm seeing yeah. the damage that it's doing. Mm. Um, and it's just like, yeah, like, how do we generally navigate this? Um, it, it is a can of worms. I'm happy I opened it because I'm realizing that it's not just a can of worms just for me, but it is a can of worms for everyone who is trying to answer this question. Yeah. I also think even though like there is a lot of negative that's happening mm. within the faith, there's also a lot of positive. Yeah. There's a lot of positive, um, you know, um, in terms of people being true lights, mm-hmm. creating resources for people in a way that people can understand the vibes with. Um, yeah, so, so, so that as the world opens up and becomes more accessible, um, the way we get information out to people is a lot easier than it was back in the day where it was just facts. The, um, the preacher in your hometown. Um, it's just like um, the look of the role of the yeah. dice. If he's doing the thing, he's doing the thing. Yeah. If he's not, yeah, well, and also I feel like it it comes down to listening to the spirit and and like feeling the prick of the spirit when you know something isn't quite right mm. and not just dousing it, you know? Yeah. If, if you can feel something's not right, go do some research. Go, to, to, go and talk to someone outside of your circles. 
Mm. Maybe everyone in the circle has been brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that that is key. Speaking to people outside of your circle. And you know what? One thing that I really, really enjoyed about the C of E is what they call um, generous orthodoxy. And it's just like the willingness to engage mm. theologically of anyone. Anyone. And so within the C of E, traditionally you have um like outright Catholic expression of church right next to a very charismatic expression of church. And they're all affirming the exact same things mm. and they're having these conversations. And I'm like, yo, like this for me, this is a space in which I feel like theologically I can really grow. Mm. Um, because there'll be things that I'll be exposed to here that I wouldn't be if I was just in one denomination. Um that's, so yeah, that's the funny yeah. thing as well is if uh if your denomination or whatever you're you're joining is saying don't listen to anyone now. You know like that. <laughs> like do you, do you know what? Yeah, I heard like I heard this story and it spun me. Um this guy was joining a particular um Pentecostal church as a as a minister. And he said as he was training and about to start his clerical training, he has sent one of the leads an email just saying, like, yo, like. I'm really struggling with our denomination, like theologically, I'm struggling with it. Um, and then kind of raise some of the struggles with it. And apparently he was just booted out. <laughs> and the pastor who shared it felt like it was a justified stance to take because he was a part of this denomination. Mm. And he was like, yeah, because if, if God is calling you to be here, then you don't just do your thing, innit? I'm just like, how are we actually walking with doubt? Mm. How are we acknowledging and counseling and, and like supporting people with doubt? You just kicked him out. That that's that can't run. Yeah, that's obviously not their priority, is it? So yeah, mm. yeah. And, mm. and, I, and I was just thinking like one of the positives of having so many denominations well so many good ones and a few bad ones is that they make you they they allow you to think or experience things that maybe you wouldn't in the kind of church that you go to mm-hmm. um so like, I, I, I remember going to one church and they had flag ministry mm. and <laughs> i still don't understand it but oh. i can see how that could be an expression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still weird to me, but you know, yeah. the flag, the and there's the people flag. that it speaks to, you know, and, and I think it's necessary that there is such diversity because God yeah. creates diverse. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it was Spurgeon who who had um approached denominations from the perspective of it reflecting um so there are theological nuance within it but it also reflects a um, cultural disposition. And so for some people, they don't like the the reserved nature of worship. Mm. It just doesn't mess with them. They rather, they want something that is energetic. You can dance to it. Like there's a whole body movement system to it. Other people want to sit down quietly and reflect. And Mm. so there are different like denominations and stuff that facilitate these as well. And so there are practicalities to it. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis puts it as a, a house, and the more important thing is that you get into the house, mm. you know, and the and house, room in the house, and what, yeah, so that's the thing. So he's like, then when you're in the hallway, 
there are rules common to the house that everyone mm. obeys. Yeah, everyone believes. But then when you open the door, this one's energetic, as you said, this one's a bit reserved and it's more which room do you feel yeah. more 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 com- more comfortable? Dope. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for entertaining the question. Cool. No problem. Honestly, I don't think I have a topic to talk about for today. And uh, I just okay. yeah, I think she's only in a leadership crisis. But... I just feel like a bit and maybe because we like recording on Monday. And do we record on Monday? No, we did on Sunday. Record on Sunday. Do we record on Sunday? Record is super late on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just feeling a bit a bit drained of topics right now. I don't feel like anything has happened except for it being hot. <laughs> and the whole Tory leadership thing. Yeah. I was thinking about talking about that, but and apparently there's a new um there's a new virus um popping up in, in Africa that's similar to Ebola. Well, a monkeypox. Nah, it's not monkeypox. There's a new new thing. There's a new new <laughs> thing. Like two people caught it, and then within a month they were dead. Hey. And they their new cases. Their new cases in Ghana. It was in Ghana. There was, there was cases in Ghana where like two months, and then they, like within the same month, two people caught it, and they were dead. Oh well, you know, I've been saying that I wanted another lockdown, but <laughs> not because of something deadly. Deadly. Yeah, fam. Like yeah, apparently, this, end up being this is a madness. Yeah, this is. You know That's when your parents crazy. start sending you videos on WhatsApp, just willy nilly. I ignore them, but this one I was like, "Yo, <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild." Uh, what should we talk about? You know what I was thinking about the other day? What? LinkedIn. Okay. And why is the LinkedIn seen like other social medias? Because in the sense that I don't know if it's just me. Mm. But sometimes I get with anxiety going on LinkedIn, seeing everything that people are doing <laughs> in their life. And I'm not sure why LinkedIn isn't talked in the same way of other social medias where people are showing their highlight reel. Mm. Like LinkedIn is the same way people are showing their, their highlight reel. Mm. Some people you don't hear about, you, 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 you don't hear from until they got the new job. Yeah, yeah. Until yeah, they got yeah. something to talk about. Yeah. Do you know, I think, I think again, and this may be a reflection of the other social media sites as well, a reflection on them. Um, the people I follow, I actually care about to a degree. Um, I think I've got like 150 connections or something like that. And at least 80% of them, I would say like, I'm actually, oh, okay, cool. Like you're doing this, you're doing that. Um, and I say that to say the curation of your feed. Mm, okay. Um, the curation of your feed, the way your intention about curating your feed and who you put like who you put into it and stuff. Um, and and the purposes of of um the purposes you associate to LinkedIn. So I very much see it as I'm trying to make connections to build writers and scribes. And so if I see someone doing that, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, bro. Let me slide into that comment section. Um and wanted to genuinely celebrate people. It's interesting because within Rise and Scribes, LinkedIn is, is like under my jurisdiction. Um, and I've been slacking with it. Um, but from a business perspective, I also recognize that we are doing bits 
but I just don't have the capacity to create posts and put put them up mm. at the moment. And so yeah, I'm seeing people do stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, 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 cool. We're still doing bits, but it's what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Could, can I can I flip the question? Just just before you do, yeah. just before you do, girl, I was just gonna say, I think what you said about um the the sort of objective of this the the platform mm. ends up being quite instrumental in how yeah. we how we we rate it or how we view it because linkedin has made itself oh no this is where professionals come this is all about being professional so it's like where on instagram you're seeing everyone's highlight reel it's their highlight reel flexing or their highlight reel on holiday or their highlight reel you know whatever whereas linkedin is their professional highlight mm. reel so it's i think it has it's still flexing bit... though it's still flexing no of course it is and and, and <laughs> To some extent, LinkedIn is like I, I think a bit more toxic than anything else. <laughs> it's just like, oh, all this success. Oh wow, I'm still it's, struggling. <laughs> it's inter- It's really interesting because I I actually come across, and I think it may be more so to do with the times. Mm. But I come across people who are trying to dispel all of the success stuff that's kind of happening on on LinkedIn. Mm. Um, it may you know it, it very well may just be my approach to LinkedIn because I'm I'm very much seeing LinkedIn as something I'm trying to crack and something I'm trying to use to gain mm. more connections for writers and scribes, professional connections to writers and scribes, and so I don't I see it almost like a Rubik's cube mm. where I'm like, all right, if, if I if I move this here and move that there, how's it gonna work? So I don't like people's success stories on LinkedIn specifically don't don't hit me as much and it's yeah. fascinating because i'm realizing now that even on on instagram i don't care like one of my boys interesting yeah he's flinging stuff up on instagram like shoot after shoot after shoot before yeah man ain't trying to see your posts in it mm. but now i'm like okay cool yeah here's where it is mm. like yeah there's been a ma- major shift and I think I think it's just contentment on my part, where I just I kind of know what I'm chipping away at. Yeah, like I'm kind of tunnel vision. I know what I'm chipping away at, mm. and I know that even though like on Instagram, my boy with the pictures, I'm like, yeah, now nah, what you're doing is cool. It's like I can still see room for improvements, but it's cool. <laughs> Shade. You know, you know, you know those slide ones. I can see room for improvements. It's good. Like you're you're gaining traction, um, but I'm not trying to be in that lane. Mm. And the lane that I'm trying to be in isn't even online. Mm. So it's like, okay, now that I'm I'm aware of that and I'm secure in that, I can go online and just be like, yeah, it's what it's like. I'm sitting on images, but I haven't posted anything online because I'm like, I'm not trying to get into this rat race again. Mm. Um, so hey, I, you're, I, you're going to flip the question. Yeah, I was going to flip the question. I was going to flip the question to something totally unrelated. Um, but it's a conversation that I had had with um, one of my friends from church today, and it's the notion of being in partnership with God. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Peter's face was like, "Where are we going with this?" Um, um, on LinkedIn, like, <laughs> number one, I don't know. Yeah, no partnership with God, where it's like this, this thing of. Um, God calls us to walk with him. Mm. 
And so we're following God, that he's leading us, but we're still required to follow him. Okay. And that's, that's the partnership. So it's like God would say, go, and then you would actually have to go. Or God would say, talk to this person, and you actually have to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously in terms of, so I, I have almost gone through this thing of thinking it was all what I, what I can do. So it was work-based, very much just like, oh, I need to grind. I need to graft it out. It's all on me, blah, blah, blah. And then I've swung to the other other side where it's like, it's just all on God. Mm. God can run everything. I'm just going to sit back and have him do stuff. Um, your personal dispositions, where do you think your natural tendencies lead you towards, if you've ever thought about it? In terms of? Part in terms of work like grafting it out all on your own mm. or abandoning all efforts on your end and just trusting that he's like jesus take the will i'm just gonna lay here do what you're doing i i've i've got a t-shirt that says it uh prep and pray so i you I think that's your natural tendency that's my natural tendency is prepare as though everything depends on you because I think that's honoring the gifts and the ability that God has given you to do whatever you need to do. Do it as though it's all on you. But then pray and seek God and make sure you're following him as though it all depends on God, because really that's what it is. So that's that's sort of my formula for um, dealing with that is God has given me ability and he's given me skills and talents. And I think in using those, I use those to the best of my ability. Mm. And the way I measure that is, oh, if this all depended on me, have I done everything I can? If there was no God and it's just me, have I done everything I can? But knowing at the back of my head and praying and believing and waiting and listening, I'm also like praying as if that's all there is to do or mm. following God as if that's all there is to do because that's really the truth. And me doing my all, me doing the most is just me trying to honor God with what He's given me. Mm. Yeah. So prep and pray. That's my, that's my thing. I Prepare like that. it depends on you. Pray as big. Pray as if it big depends on God. No, pray because it depends on God. And I've got a T-shirt, but I'm not selling it, so I won't plug it. I feel like I feel like that's such a clean answer, and I'm not happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe my answer will be better then. All right. So case the analogy, right? Yeah. So imagine you're on top of. A high building, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and but the, and there's another high building on the yeah. other side. And it's like a there's a there's yeah. a there's a, there's a Spider Man thing. Not even just Spider Man <laughs> thing. You like take a couple steps back, yeah, and then you run for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is how I how, how like I treat partnership with God. If God wants me to to get to the other side, <laughs> He will create the steps as I'm running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I'm supposed to get to the other side. I will. I'll make it to the other side. If not, I'll fall off. But luckily, it's like it's like four guys. I'll just re. I'll just. Okay. I'll just come back, and I know. Okay, this is not the way. This is okay. this is not the way. And I say run across because knowing myself, if I stop to think about what I'm doing, I will get in my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come like Peter in the water. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I'm very much. Um, what's it called? Um, what's the phrase? Um. Impulsive. You know, like you know, when you make a mistake and you learn from it, there's a phrase: trial and error. Okay. Trial and error. 
So you run run it head on. Mm. If it works, God did it. If it doesn't, God was saying don't. <laughs> okay, so that means that, that means that you rely on your works, but there's almost a backup plan. Thinking that if 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 God is if this is something that God wants to happen, it's gonna happen. If not, it's not gonna happen. Yes. Yeah. So that's just, just, just like driving. If God wants me to go through, it will be the green light. If it's not, it will be the red light. And then he's going to boss it and then the police will come after you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I hear that. I hear that. Um, and the reason I'm not happy with yours, Peter, is I feel like... It's, it's not a real answer. I feel like... That's how I live my life. I feel, like, I feel like it's learned behaviour. Okay. I feel like you, you learned... You, like, there was a sequence of events that taught you that lesson. Mm. So before that sequence of events, what were you doing? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've you've been a Christian pretty much all your life, but it's a case yeah. of it's a case of like God is like, no, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> been in church his whole life. Like my my image of you is from like military and everything is prepare as much as you can do. And mm. so I, I would envision you as being a person who would rely on your works. Mm. And then something would have happened or you would have gained a deeper understanding or relationship with God where you realize that, yo, nah, this shouldn't, it shouldn't work like this. Mm. And so I'm not going to stop working. I'm going to back up my work with prayer. I, I, think, I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. And it's interesting because the the events that happened like maybe the events that happened and again it probably was loads of events but when I totaled my car mm-hmm. so I my first car Vauxhall Corsa there was actually a fault with the that car there was actually a fault with the anti-skid braking that um it got recalled for but anyway I totaled it going down a road uh, it was raining I tried skid going down left took the car on a too fast went on two wheels and then i turned into it to put it back on four but it was too late the the traffic light was there the, the railing was there and then boom went into it and it was this idea before so before that my yeah it would be worth leaning on my own, my own um preparedness but it would also be thinking through every situation and so i'd always not every situation you can't think through every situation but i'd always like thought through everything and and think through different scenarios so i knew what to do when it went on two wheels i knew what to do when i lost control i knew what to do where did you Except, learn that how to do how, how to, to do how, how to do the things so that it goes back on four wheels top gear? I, no not top gear definitely <laughs> not top gear. i watched it on it might have been jackass you might have been one of those shows. That's your mistake, bro. No, but it worked. And this was how to do it. They had a stunt driver on. I can't remember if it was Jackass or not, but they had a stunt driver on and he was showing them how to do that whole two-wheel thing and like you control it. And if it goes too much this way, you turn into it because that will then level it out. And if it's not, but you feather it down. There's also learning how to drift as well. teaches you how to feather things. Um, But yeah, so... The, the, the point was going through the accident, every situation I had thought through before and was ready for, it just wasn't enough. Mm. <laughs> and I only walked away from that because of God. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So uh, from that's a point I can definitely point to to say, that's where I realized my whole plan seven won't save me. God saves mm. me. 
it doesn't mean Phil playing seven away, but yeah. That's dope. And I do, I do like, and even with Robert, it almost sounds like it's something you still do. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think I do it because Robert I went off the drill, like. Steps out. Mm. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point that I know if God wants me to do this, we'll lay the steps up. Mm. If he doesn't, I'm going to fall. I'll bounce back up and okay. <laughs> so I guess there's that trust that. It's a dope way of looking at faith. It's, it's yeah. that Magneto thing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's walking and then the things are coming under his yeah. feet. Yeah. yeah, but I don't walk. I run. <laughs> yeah, 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 I go full throttle. <laughs> so, what, where, where did you learn, um, or what happened for you to to build that trust that God will put those things out for you? Um, if you remember, you might not do. I don't know if I could pinpoint it to one thing, mm. but I know that you know what if, you know. You know what I think it is. What? I think it was being that Salvation Army. And, mm. and being the worship leader at Salvation Army and things going wrong so often before the service started. Mm. Mm. But somehow things always working out the way they needed to by the time the service started. So, mm. Or maybe by the end of the service, because sometimes you're still trying to fix things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's stressful. And it'll be the most random things. Like one day the projector will just not turn on. Right. Yeah. Something will happen. But then by the end of the service, even if the, the, the projector doesn't work, by then all the songs that we decided to sing are the ones everyone knows. So mm-hmm. we didn't even need the projector, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think in that, I just trust in, yeah, God, God will bring you through. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that they've even been like um, some certain times where, you know, this is a funny story. So I was working. Um, for a hotel a few years back, right? And I fully thought I heard God say, "Me too far from this job." So I went, I applied for a job at um, South Bank Center, hmm. um, and got through the first interview. Was going great. No, no, you know, yeah. I think I had it in my notice hmm. that I was to, to leave. And then I got the interview. Mm. I was like, oh, everything is lining up yeah, nicely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I did the first interview sick. Did the second interview sick. And I was feeling myself. I was like, I was, I was asking the question through and nodding, mm. like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> only wanted to tell me, oh, sorry, you didn't get a job. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> and, and that rocked me. Mm. And yeah, so for about nine, 10 months, I wasn't work. I, I I wasn't like working full time. Mm. Like I was still teaching music, and mm. I was paying my bills. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. So, so, so so like my bills were always paid. Yeah. And I never had to go knock someone for help paying my bills. Mm. So 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 there was that sustaining. Mm. But there was also that rejigging of how I viewed myself. Yeah. Mm. Because it got to a point where I was applying for jobs, applying for jobs, and I felt like I would only get the job if the person who they offered the job to turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, <laughs> and so they, they'll pick me. Mm. And mm. I think in that time, I, sp- I spent a lot of time with God. Mm. I spent a, a lot of time learning who I was in him. Mm. That by the time I got to the um, to Apples and Snakes. Okay. But, but funny enough, I, I, I had an issue with Apples and Snakes and a theater called The Young Vic. Mm. Both were happening on the same day for the, for the first mm. round and second round. And for both of us, really confident, did it, bam, 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 bam. 
Um, I didn't get the one for um, I, I I didn't get 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 the one for for, um, for the young Vic. Got mm. the one got the one for apples and snakes. And yeah, since then, I've never not been confident about being able to get a job. Mm. Like if I've applied for a job. It's like if I'm supposed to get, it, I'll get it. If 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 I'm not supposed to get it, I won't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that would make me feel so dejected. Mm. Like, oh, I'm not so good enough. Now I'm just to think about. Okay, this is not the path God has for me. Yeah, yeah. let's find the good. Let's let's find the path God has for me. Mm. And it's so much easier living life like that. Yeah, almost almost like living it with my head rather than my heart, in the sense that it's like head knowledge that God will do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. In the same it's way, I know. Personal. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah I, I know. It's, it's more based on who I know good to be. Mm. Like, okay, if, if God wants this to happen, it will happen. Yeah. As mm. opposed to, oh God, why do you let this happen? Do you hate me? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to stay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, but I think that'd be a nice place to round up. Hookups. I can go first on hookups. Go for it. Go for it. So, hookups, I've now got a two-computer setup again, and something I found, sorry? Congratulations. <laughs> well, something I found really useful was a thing called Logitech Flow. Uh, now, you do need to have a Logitech Flow-compatible device. Most of their MX series, like Mice, which is the more common sort of productivity mouse and keyboards, work with it. But all it does is, if it's on both computers, it allows you to quite literally swipe your mouse across and it will automatically switch to the other computer. So I use my mouse and my keyboard. I've got two computers, two separate, completely different computers. And all I have to do is move my mouse across the screen and then they both connect to my work computer, move it back and they both connect to my personal computer. So I found that really useful. So Logitech Flow is my hookup if you have a sort of work laptop and a, a home laptop, uh, a home machine that you use. Um, might save you the couple of seconds it takes to switch devices. Um, yeah. Cool. Nice. Want to go next with this? Yeah, I can go. Um, there is a mindfulness app. Um a mindfulness app called Balance, and they've got different um, sessions, sessions for like creativity, sessions for just de-stress, anxiety and stuff. And I believe that they are giving away a year's free uh, subscription to their service. Um, So yeah, jump on it. If, if, not if, like just jump on it, It's, it's beneficial. Um, yeah, so balance a mindfulness app. Um, just use up the year, and then if, if you love it, if you like it, keep it, keep it moving. If it's not beneficial for you, then yeah, it's what it is. But yeah, they're giving away a free a year free subscription. Cool, cool. All right, my hookup is an anime. Come on, um, <laughs> so it's called Girlfriend Girlfriend. <laughs> It's a very quick 12 episode comedy um anime about this high school guy's got a girlfriend, but then another girl confesses his love, his love um to him. 
and he's just so taken aback with how with how she is and, and who she is that he decides to make her his girlfriend too. Too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so he tells his first girlfriend, "Oh, I don't have a second girlfriend." <laughs> Both. And so they're living together, and <laughs> and then yeah, and then there's another girl who wants to become the third girlfriend, but he's not on it because he wants to give his all to his, his first two girlfriends. And then, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a funny like 12 episode watch. So if you've got time, girlfriend, girlfriend. Where do you great. find these things, man? On Crunchyroll. Whoa. No wonder you want your own Crunchyroll account. Yeah. Okay. I, I would be judging if I saw you watching this. Right. It's, it's actually pretty funny. It's actually pretty funny. You know what? There was this wild anime I saw on Crunchyroll and it made me feel somewhere in my heart. So I don't even think I could watch it. It's it's basically about this like I think it's like some 24-year-old four, four, um, guy. He asks his like boss out, he gets rejected. And so he's going home. He, he's he, he he's drunk, he's drinking mm. on, on his way home. He sees this 16-year-old high school runaway girl. Or runaway from home. I think she's from from like a different city. Mm. And so he lets so I don't know what the full story is, but Snopsis says that he lets her come and stay with him in his house. Hmm. And the story is the story of the of them in, in their interactions. Apparently there's, there's like no romance between them, or like from the guy to the hmm. to, to, to the girl. But something about the whole premise, I just couldn't <laughs> yeah. so like, and it sounds a lot um, sounds sketchy. Jada yeah. Pinkett and all so, the yeah, yeah. So, it sounds sketchy. And so, like, I, I watched the video about it, and then I think it was talking about how the author said that he, he created the series to highlight the seriousness of runaways mm. in Japan and all of that. I was like, nah, Japan, sometimes you be doing crazy things. Mm. <laughs> so you can keep that one. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's about Yeah. But, you know, Japanese do some, some very suspect things sometimes. Like I remember there was, there was this one anime. Sorry, I'm going a bit of a rant. But there was this one anime where this guy, his mother got killed when he was younger, and then he's, he's grown up. Hmm. And then there's an accident which allows him to go back in time to just before his mother was murdered. And so he's trying to use this time to save his mother from hmm. from from getting murdered. But then there's also another subplot where when he was younger, there was this girl in his class who got kidnapped. Hmm. And so he's trying to stop that happening uh, as, as well. And I think he kind of likes the girl, but it's weird because he's, it's, if, even though he's a boy, he's got all his mind and emotions from when he's an adult. <laughs> and then he's, he, he's like re going over this liking that he had of this girl when yeah. they were younger. <laughs> that's that's yeah, mad. But luckily, um, by, the, by the time it goes to the end, he stops the girl from being kidnapped and she is living her own family, her own life with like another person. So, 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 so like <laughs> they grew up and then. <laughs> but it was weird. Anime can be good. It was, it was actually a bit of a good series, but it was a weird concept. Mm. Well, anime can be good sometimes. Anyway. Yes. Uh, oh, did you hear the news about what, uh, what potential plans are for the X Men in the MCU? No. <laughs> so. Because of these times that we live in, mm. they might change the name from the X Men. Oh no! To the mutants. 
Just because we can't be having no bad in anything. <laughs> really? I can see them doing it, but they're bringing back the X-Men show. Like, uh, yeah. call the X-Men. That hurts me. But for the MCU, at least, there's there's there's, there's, there's talks that it might be called the mutants. <laughs> Didn't they already do the new mutants? Wouldn't that make it more confusing? X-Men is a brand name, man. Anyway, it is. I don't care. But me. it's got man in it, which makes it problematic. Yeah, it's toxic. Why <laughs> does X-Men? It's a bunch of transgenders. Okay, shout out to Ruth for the intro out to music. Canvas Hunter for, for the ordinary amazing logo. Find us on Twitter at Defense UK, on Instagram at TBS Furnace. You can email us at tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Baxter's Furnace, no apostrophe, on all good podcast websites and apps to Baxter's Furnace with an apostrophe. And that's it. So this is the Baxter's Furnace signing out. Blow. Peace. Hello again. <laughs>